Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for Christmas morning, December 25th, 2022. The, uh, what do we call this? The Nativity of the Lord Proper 3. Uh, and uh, we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Indianapolis, Indiana, Fishers, Indiana. I know what city I'm in. What? You don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm in Indianapolis. So You're it's in just Indianapolis. You We're coming on, but the church, I know where the church is, obviously. We've only been doing this podcast for over three years. Uh, uh, <laughs> Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, uh, take us back on track. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing fine. Thank you very much. Fantastic. And there's the rails. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we have uh, the distinct pleasure this year of having... Um, uh, our Christmas morning on Sunday, which means we also have our, uh, I believe, our New Year's Day on Sunday. That's uh, right. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken. So um, uh, this podcast, uh, we, it, before we hit record, we have a lot of readings to actually choose from because it uh, we have uh, services both Saturday evening and Sunday morning. Um, and, uh, and so... Th- Tons, tons of options. So if you come, <laughs> if you come, it leaves you speechless. Right, exactly. <laughs> so if you come to a Christmas Eve service, uh, you know it's going to have slightly different readings than Christmas morning service. Uh, so we will have the pe- Peanuts Christmas special reading from Luke. There you go. Yes. Uh, so yeah, we'll have the uh, yeah. We're going to do the Christmas morning readings just to be. Just to be clear uh, as to what we're doing, uh, uh, since it is uh, since it is Christmas uh, and it is Sunday, then those are the readings that we're going to go with. So um, we got um, a lot of things to, to promote. Uh, uh, Christmas Eve, uh, Bruce, how do those services align? There, we have like a late service. We have a, a, a like an evening, like dinner, almost dinner time kind of service, pre-dinner yeah, time. Pre-dinner. Yeah. Pre-dinner time. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we're when Episcopalians, do... so I suppose I can say the cocktail hour. There you go. There you go. <laughs> when do we need to be on to church on Christmas Eve? When are when are our services? <laughs> the service will start at five p.m. Uh-huh. for what's uh, called at Holy Family mm-hmm. the children's service. So um, basically, the only difference with uh, uh, is that the sermons. Very child friendly, mm-hmm. uh, but it still has Christmas carols and the full Eucharist and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Last about an hour, and at eleven p.m. is the midnight mass service, which has even more music. Um, and this year we're not doing incense, um, and that service lasts just over an hour. So that. We try to time it out. We're not always successful. We try to time it out so that people are receiving communion after midnight. Mm, okay. That that was the original reason why Christmas Eve midnight mass was created hundreds of years ago. Mm. Was so you could be the very first people to get Christmas communion by um, getting having the prayer consecration finish at midnight, and then interesting. I don't think I knew that that was the 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 design, the point. Yeah, I, uh, I just I for myself, I super love. Uh, uh, you know, you leave as you as you finish as you depart. It's Christmas morning, uh, uh, and if we're really lucky, not that we're very lucky here in uh, uh, in Indiana, uh, but uh, if we're you're really lucky, 
you get snow. It, like snow's falling as you're leaving the church uh, on Christmas morning. So mm-hmm. I am hopeful that we get that this year. Uh, it's definitely gonna, looks like it's going to be cold. Uh, so um, yeah, it's more likely that the snow that fell a day or two before will still be there rather yes. than f- fresh fall. The snow lay on the ground. A fun song. Yes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so we've got that going on, uh, on Christmas Eve, Christmas morning is, uh, a little 10 different 10 AM only. Right. Right. And, uh, um, you come in your, you know, Sunday finest, right? Uh, hats and oh. uh, no, actually, no. if someone wants to, that's fine. Cause it's a come as you are Christmas morning. So it's nicknamed Jammy Church because mm-hmm. some folks like to come in snazzy jammies or just really comfortable jammies. That's fine. Uh, but it's uh, uh, the shortest of the three services for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, usually it's about 40 minutes or so, but does include communion, mm-hmm. but no singing. So right. that's that's the only downside. But it's a it's just usually because... Holy Family architecturally has such big, clear windows. It's usually absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. With the uh, sunrise and jammies the, everywhere. <laughs> jammies everywhere and the winter, winter sky out the window. So that's at 10 a.m. Yep. And I'm told that we will have all three of those services going out over the webcasts yes uh that is that is the plan uh fingers crossed (laughs) you you know how technology is uh so fingers crossed that'll be the case uh but yeah we the 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 plan is to have the uh five o'clock the 11 o'clock christmas eve and the 10 o'clock sunday morning broadcast uh live on our youtube channel yeah so i'm not allowed to do any heretical preaching at all because they'll all be recorded i don't (laughs) I don't know as if you're allowed whether it's recorded or not. I'm trying to I remember. <laughs> I think... Let's see. Ordination <laughs> vows. Let me check. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but uh, but yeah. So that's. I mean, really, that's the the, the focus of this upcoming week. Uh, obviously, I I don't know for you, but uh, it that's enough for me. The you know. <laughs> The focus yeah. on, on our on on the birth of our Lord and Savior is uh, a handful. It's a it's a lot. <laughs> well, and and well, it should be. And well, it should be. It's a it's a fantastic and joyous time, and I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, so, uh, uh, especially that Jamie Church, that's uh, going to be a, a lot of fun. So, um, let's move over to our this day in church history because uh, a lot of things happen. <laughs> yeah, on, what happened on December twenty fifth <laughs> on, on Christmas? <laughs> Uh, on Christmas Day, uh, and our first entry uh, um, might make sense to you because it comes from uh, 336 A.D. that the it's the first recorded instance of Jesus' nativity celebrated as a feast on December 25th and appears oh. on the calendar of uh, I don't know how to say this name Philocalus or yeah Philocalus. Uh, um, so some what Greek Grecian calendar. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> yeah, mm. I did. Pro- almost certainly. Almost I'll put certainly. it that way, yeah. and just try to stop giggling at <laughs> at Grecian. You, you, yeah, you could get Phoenokia. 
<laughs> What's his name out, but you couldn't get out Grecian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Philocalus. Sure. Yeah. Philo- you Philo- say that beautifully. Philocalus. <laughs> Either way. Uh, so so thir- uh, 336 was the first recorded instance of the celebration of Jesus's birth uh, on the 20 uh, as a as a feast. So that that kind of implies that it's more um, maybe more, maybe more established within the church structure that maybe it was celebrated prior to that, but not officially as a feast day. Well, a big chunk of it is that that was at the, that was around the time when Emperor Constantine Constantine legalized Christianity. So oh, okay. You know, before that, there are all sorts of feast days celebrated within Christianity, but they couldn't publicize them. Okay, okay, got it. Uh, Then we go forward to 508, uh, and then there's like this caveat uh, uh, entry, or as early as 496. I'm not sure what the, I don't know. What was the first date? Uh, 508. Is okay. The, is the official date according to this uh, this uh, uh, collection of dates, uh, but it does have a note that it might have been uh, twelve years earlier. Uh, King Clovis, who united Gaul and founded France, is baptized by Saint Remigus uh, in the Cathedral of Rheims. Uh, 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 Rheims, Reims. Why am I not saying uh, German words right? With 3,000 of his warriors, his wife, uh, Clotilda, was instrumental in converting him, although Mm -hmm. his understanding was low and his change (laughs) of character minimal. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great, that is a beautifully understated, (laughs) I'm sure, accurate description. (laughs) Right? I I very much enjoyed the way that that was uh, written. Uh, His understanding was low and his change of character minimal post-baptism. But uh, there you go. Uh, King Clovis, good on you. Um, uh, You you at least uh, united uh, two regions together uh, and founded a country. But uh, but. Uh, and yeah. Price, Price stopped torturing Christians willy nilly. Uh, yeah, but one would, only, one would but only probably. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if he even understood what he was doing in the first place, apparently. Yeah. Um, oh, we were just playing, my dear wife. <laughs> it was strange that people died to tickling like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, 597 uh, AD, thousands of Anglo-Saxons are baptized by the missionary Augustine, uh, an important date in the Christianization of Southern England. Yeah. So uh, baptism on Christmas morning? Yeah, that makes some sense, doesn't it? Um, um, then we don't well, have... And part part of the fun... Both, well, part of the fun is that in England, there are already very active um, pagan groups that would have big celebrations around the same time of year. Mm-hmm. And so by having, by celebrating the birth of Jesus in the bleak midwinter, it made sense to the folks living in England because now the days very slowly were getting longer and brighter and warmer. Mm-hmm. And and since the Romans had controlled a big chunk of England um, till like 300 something uh, 
they their major feast day for um, Saturn was around December twenty fifth. Okay, that makes and sense. And so, then. yeah, and so generally throughout the ancient world, the right around the end of what we now have count as December, but midwinter often was some kind of feast day or a day of fear if you needed to appease the various supposed deities that were in charge of making winter go away. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, we have, uh, we have a th- almost a thousand years between uh, our, that and our next date. Um, 1572. Boy, people really took Christmas off. I know, right? <laughs> Uh, death of Peter didn't even burn anyone. <laughs> uh, Peter Melius uh, uh, Juhaz uh, uh, dies, a, Hung- a Hungarian reformer and religious writer. He had been active and prominent as bishop of the Calvinist Reformed Church in Transylvania, uh, <laughs> but also produced early bot- botanical and medici- medicinal work in the Hungarian language. So. Uh, oh, that's helpful. What an interesting uh, uh, duality there uh, uh, of uh, of existence. Reformer, religious writer, well, often botanist, it, and, and uh, yeah. Oh, often, yeah. Uh, a lot of the early, what we would now call scientists, were ordained clergy because that was the one of the most thorough educations available. Yeah. And so a lot of early... Um, botany, biology, astronomy, things like that were done by, um, for the most part, men are remembered, mm-hmm. um, who were drawing on the liberal educations they had received as part of their formation, either as monks or nuns or as priests. <clears throat> okay. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, let me see here. Uh, do I want to read this one? Because I can't even pronounce his name. 1625, Metrophanes. Uh, uh, oh, man. How do you say this name? <laughs> Critopolis. Sure. Metrophanes, uh, Critopolis. I butchered your name. So sorry. An Eastern Orthodox priest is traveling on behalf of the Patriarch of Constantinople. He delivers a speech at the University of Altdorf to foster goodwill between Protestants and the Orthodox and explain how the Eastern Church looks at Christianity. Um, 1821. I'm, I'm just curious, does it say where Altdorf is? It does not. Okay. It does not. Um, let me see if I can uh, do a quick Google search. Altdorf, Switzerland. Oh, okay. Which was one of the centers of um, Protestant religious formation. So that makes a lot of there sense that... The guy coming from the Eastern traditions mm-hmm. would end up there to make nice, nice. Yeah, <laughs> say nice things. Uh, mm-hmm. 1821, James Montgomery's Christmas Carols, uh, Angels of the... Oh, goodness, what is it? Why can I not read that title? His Christmas Carol, Angels from the Realms of Glory, is first used in a public service despite having been written in 1816. It is sung at the English Moravian Center in Full Neck, Yorkshire, England. Um, so the first time that Christmas carol is heard and sung. Uh, 1898, the first Continental Council of the Latin American Ro- Roman Catholic Church is convened. It issues 
a whopping 998 cannons. Uh, among its objects is a desire to check anti-Christian influences. 13 archbishops and 41 bishops are presents, uh, present at this meeting in Rome. So uh, imagine... <laughs> Not exactly held in their own backyard. Yeah, no, not exactly. Uh, imagine being a priest and having to work on Christmas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did not see that coming. No, you didn't. You didn't. Um, okay, so 1905, death in Athens of Astopolis Macracus. I am getting all these... Greek. Now and, you're just sounding like Dr. Seuss. <laughs> right? <laughs> Apostolos, I feel pretty good. I, I got that one right. Um, yeah. Macracus, maybe not, uh, who had been embroiled with the Greek Orthodox Church, but was popular with middle class Christians. He had considered himself chosen to liberate Byzantium from uh, the Turks and to renovate the church. Not only had he preached controversial sermons on Christ throughout Greece, but he condemned Freemasonry, materialism, and the buying and selling of church positions. Uh, I guess I'm kind of against that. Uh, lo local councils twice condemned him to prison. So Apostolus, quite the, the troublemaker. Um, yeah. Some of that doesn't sound so bad, though. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> I mean, you know. Not everyone's fully good, fully bad. You say you want a revolution. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, 1909, Japanese evangelist uh, Toyohiko Kawaga uh, go crosses the Hiragashi Bridge to serve in the slums of Shinkawa. His most quoted saying is, theology is but an appendix to love and is, Ooh, an, un good. And is an unreliable appendix. <laughs> Oh, it got better. <laughs> it got better. <laughs> uh, okay, this is the first time you've read me something. And admittedly, part of it is because we're not in the same room today. I would love it if you'd highlight that and text or email me that. Yes, I can definitely do that uh, as soon as this is over. I will highlight this. As, yeah. as this, we're near the end of this. I will highlight this and uh, text it as soon as we're done. Um 1911, dedication of Dom uh, Evangelina in Petrograd, it, the largest evangelical house of worship in Russia. So uh, that church uh, is open for worship. Uh, and then, unfortunately, I'm what surprised. What year? Uh, 1911. Oh, it didn't last long then. <laughs> oh, no. Well, you know, because 1917 was the Russian Revolution. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And the churches were all closed. Yep. Nope, you're right. Yeah, sadly. Uh, and then I'm actually honestly surprised we didn't have more entries like this last one. Uh, 2011, uh, a terrorist bomb, uh, 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 Nigerian churches in Madala, uh, Jos Keno, Dematura, and Kadaka killing dozens of Christians during Christmas services. Um, I remember that. Yeah, uh, not very long ago uh but uh and and so many locations too i mean it's just yeah uh horrifying um but looking actually back there were a surprise there were a couple of you know death of entries this uh this day but doesn't seem to with the exception of that last one doesn't seem to have been um uh you know anything uh over uh overly uh, uh, uh horrific <laughs> yeah yes uh, from what that website chose to <laughs> chose to highlight. History. i was gonna say yeah 
surely i feel like there was you know would have been more uh yeah there there was many a dictator who wanted to show his the strength of his steel-toed boots by mm -hmm. arresting christians or killing them on christmas day yeah so uh which is awful awful yeah um but you know what? Let's uh, let's <laughs> let's move past that. And yeah, back into get the to the good stuff stories. of Christmas. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So our Christmas morning first reading comes from uh, actually all the all the first readings come from Isaiah, but this uh, the Christmas mornings comes from chapter fifty two, verses seven through ten. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the messenger who announces peace, who brings good news, who announces salvation, who says to Zion. Your God reigns. Listen, your sentinels lift up their voices. Together they sing for joy, for in plain sight they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together into singing, you ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Um... Understandable why this would be uh, chosen for for uh, being partnered uh, uh, with a Christmas morning or a nativity reading of any kind, I suppose. Um, right. Uh, but Isaiah 52, is this second Isaiah or early third? I believe early third. Early third? Yeah. Okay. Not, maybe not even that early third. Yeah. Yeah, I always, I always, Isaiah is always so much longer than I think it is, uh, and and I get thrown off as to like, oh, that's clearly got to be like the tail end of it, and like, uh, so no, this, there are forty more chapters, right? Exactly. Um, so, um, yeah, they're uh, only, yeah, Isaiah ends at uh, chapter sixty six, so oh, 66. it's definitely there. okay. Okay, uh, so this is this is the uh, uh, as they're returning slash having returned and are putting themselves back together, uh, the, the yep. Israelites uh, from from captivity. Um, so this uh, these lines here, obviously, we've chosen to partner them with a message about uh, the coming of Christ. Uh, but um, um, what who, who would who would. Uh, Perhaps the messenger B is is Isaiah the the writer of Isaiah kind of slyly talking about himself. Uh, <laughs> no, <here>? um, okay, <laughs> because there's still a little bit of stuff to be accomplished. Okay, um, okay. before this is totally fulfilled, but because part of the point of this is is, is that it could be anyone who mm. just opens their eyes and has faith and sees. Wow, God reigns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's 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 this chorus of sentinels that are um, mentioned in the next verse in fifty-two eight. Yeah, it is interesting to me that the language here in actually verse nine um, break forth together into singing, "You ruins of Jerusalem." Yeah. Um, which is kind of you know, it's very much juxtaposed with this message of beauty and uh elation and it's also i don't, I don't know for me it, it 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 has that almost like that stinging sensation of like oh yeah that's right ow 
you know, it's not it's not like all, a strong aftershave. Right. It's, it's not all roses here. Uh, no. to, 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 this message. And it's kind of that that sharp reminder of like, you know, this message uh, especially was for, you know, people who who might have still had, you know, broken spirits. And uh, yeah. well, and literally we're living among the ruins shambles. still. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> and that even at the in in these moments uh when um when you're returning to um uh a place unfamiliar and torn down uh and and ruinous yep. you you um you see the joy in it you see the 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 what could be um and um, and well, and what's promised and and what's promised and what ha- and what has already taken place the things yeah. promised and, and delivered. Um, yeah. So it is, uh, uh, um, it, it, it is, it is a, a almost kind of a bittersweet, uh, uh, kind of message, you know, in, in a little bit of a way. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it is. Yeah. It's, it's someone who is very clear eyed seeing the destruction. Mm-hmm. And yet, because God is there, can inject hope. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think here. Uh, all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. So it it is. It's this last line is 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 kind of like a farther reaching. Um, message too it's not just uh it's not just the, the the people who have returned that should rejoice and right. and see all this but also um the light shines forward and and, and everybody uh, uh ends up uh, uh seeing some of this uh glory some of this salvation um which is which is an interesting uh, uh idea and concept yeah and it it flows from these verses. It flows into the really some of the. I was going to. Well, I'll just say it. The greatest hits of Isaiah, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of um, how much the world's going to be redeemed through Israel, and yeah. God being existent and evident by all these changes uh, hmm. for the better that are happening and then moves into the suffering, what we call the, the suffering servant song, which we see as a real um, definition of who Jesus was and what his ministry was. Hmm. That even, even as there's all this triumph, the, the true glory of God is shown by a person living out such love that they are willing to die for others. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a relatively short and sweet entry. Is there something you want to point out about it? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Something else, anything else you want to point out about it? Well, it's, you know, it's the old, how the sausage is made thing of the, the creators of the, the calendar of readings for the Christmas season are well aware of what people really want to hear um, on at any Christmas service. So 
the first two readings um, tend to be about three or four verses long. And mm-hmm. then the gospel gets to be one of the lo- longer uh, selections from the gospel for any feast day so that you can get lots and lots of Christmas. I like lots and lots of Christmas. Let's yeah. do that. Let's get, yeah. let, let's get lots and lots of Christmas. Uh, well, let's move on then to our psalm reading for the day. Um, yeah. Psalm 98 uh, for uh, Sunday morning. <clears throat> and it looks like we get all of Psalm 98. Uh, it's not too terribly long either. It's uh, only nine verses. Uh, oh, sing to right. the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gotten him victory. The Lord has made known his victory. He has revealed his vindication in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who live in it. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills sing together for joy. At the presence of the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Um, Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty cool. Uh, uh, do we know anything about Psalm 98, uh, roughly when it's written? Anything about like when it was, how it was used or anything? Um, it's obviously a song of deep praise. Um, and so, yeah, and it considered one of the, sort of the highlights of the Psalms of, um, redemption, um, of redemption of Israel and redemption of the whole wide world. Um, it's one of the Psalms that comes from the post exilic period. So again, way too late to be King David's. Um, and so in, so it really walks hand in hand with the Isaiah reading we just had. They were probably written about the same time. It's the same time as when? I'm sorry. The Isaiah reading, the first, our first reading. Oh, really? And this song will probably written around the same time. Okay. That's interesting. That's, I mean, yeah. Uh, I didn't realize the psalm. Any of the psalms were written that long ago. I thought, generally speaking, they were written later. Well, Isaiah is pretty okay. For us churchy nerds, Isaiah is pretty recent. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's it comes after a big chunk of um, Jewish history. I mean, it's, okay. it's after Pharaoh, it's after the Ten Commandments, after Moses, um, after Judges, and the um, strongest era of kings, and then they enter the time of the Babylonians and Greeks, and things start to go to hell. <laughs> and gotcha, gotcha. Here's Isaiah. <laughs> 
There you go. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, interesting that it was sung, or sung, uh, um, uh, probably sung, but written uh, around that period of time. Um, that gives it different context in my head then. Okay. Yeah, it should. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was basically, think of Isaiah as written around 700 B- B.C. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what... Okay, now I'm forgetting off the top of my head, but the you know, it's after hundreds of years of Jewish existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah, hundreds, hundreds, maybe even. Well, well, I'm just I'm thinking of of biblically recorded. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. Existence. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, it's got this. Very similar. Now that you say it, though, it's very similar to uh, some of the language in the Isaiah. It's very uplifting, very yeah, you know, praise driven uh, and and sounding here. Um, <clears throat> one could even imagine um, with the Isaiah reading uh, talking about um, your sentinels lift up their voices together. They sing for joy. They very well could be singing Psalm ninety eight. Uh, mm-hmm. it, 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 you almost can kind of pair them together in, in, in your mind that way. Yeah. They um, both talk about the strength of God's arm. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. A, a classic description of divine power. His beefy arm. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and you know, the singing, uh, um, translates here and be about like making a joyful Lord, a joyful noise to the Lord, sing to the Lord, a new song. Um, and, uh, um, I can, I can imagine this also being, um, kind of like a triumphant, uh, um, triumphant return from battle kind of, a, a, a yeah, it's a supposed to, it's supposed well. to give that triumphant, um, march returning of the uh, uh, leader and the army that won. Yeah. Hmm. But it, it, it starts with that. Um, and then suddenly sucks in all of creation into it. So the people hearing and singing this, you know, they start with, yeah, okay. Another great army. Yeah. Oh wait, we're now talking about the earth itself singing. That takes it to a new level. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and maybe maybe we get spoiled uh, with uh, language uh, in the Bible talking about um, um, the um, almost the anthropomorphic uh, uh, qualities mm-hmm. of of the earth, um, but. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, it uh, it's beautiful language. Um, yeah, and and in part because it is youngish. Yeah, yeah. W- w- d- does that mean that it, it uh, youngish meaning like it, it was it easier to translate as a result, like that kind of a thing? No, or? the literally the 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 language had developed, mm. and the poetic form had developed into a more modern cadence vocabulary all the different pieces that we think make good poetry those were beginning to lack of a better word be agreed upon in the western civilizations like greece 
And mm-hmm. so, yeah. So for us, it's, it, it feels very much like it could have been written yesterday. If we were classic, if we were writing poetry in the classic, what's now called the classical tradition. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so in other words, though, also then our, our, our style of poetry has, um, hasn't, I, I don't want to say hasn't changed since then, but has, it hasn't changed nearly as much as, uh, culturally perhaps as, as maybe prior to this. Yeah. There's, I mean, there, there there's the very strong classical school of poetry still very active in the English language and, Everyone, you know, every generation makes its own modifications from um, Byron and his romanticism to Bob Dylan and his social protest. But mm-hmm. in a sense, they all have to at least nod to the form, even just to say, I'm not following you. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I yeah I just I can only, I could just keep hearing this as a song. Is there anything you want to point yeah, out about the, the the um the psalm reading here? Gosh, um, well the just the last verse, um, at the presence of the Lord. Okay, I have to start the verse before. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills sing together for joy. I always picture the old Coca-Cola commercial. I want to teach the world to sing, but sorry about that. Mm-hmm. No, uh, no, I, <laughs> I, I know the one you're talking about. <laughs> yep. At the presence of the, yeah, for joy at the presence of the Lord, for he's coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity for 20th, 20 and 21st century. Um, liberal Christians. We tend to stumble on that because it's like, wait, we are not comfortable with this judge language. So I just want to point out that everyone judge judged in the worldview mm-hmm. of Psalm 98. What was going to be amazing was doing it with righteousness and seeing the people with equity. Yeah. Yeah. And that was unique that this, this was not a judge a judgment that was being rendered to simply push the um, agenda of the judge and the powers that be. This instead was about righteousness, about truth, about the best ethics anyone could think of. um, And that all people were seen equally in the eyes of God, which was not by far a universal view at that point. And of course we still struggle with that. So we better not look down our noses too much. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, and I, I think very easily I can imagine um, um, that being something new. Um, yeah. Judging the world with righteousness, not based on your righteousness, um, but uh, with righteousness. Yeah. Uh, and 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 uh, and the us, the people being judged, uh, have equity as a res- a, a, in addition. Uh, like I, I certainly wouldn't want to be judged by, you know, name anything during that period of time. <laughs> right. <laughs> Usually does not end well for you. Uh, That's uh, right. For any any number of reasons. Uh, so, uh, you know, the idea that uh, um, 
it, in a way it almost goes out of its way to draw in that that uh, that comparison that feeling of like oh yeah no judgment bad uh we don't want we don't want to do that uh and then uh, kind of relaxing it with like a oh yeah and it'll be amazing <laughs> yeah yeah Ooh, okay that, Ama- that's amazing that, judgment <laughs> that's how much the the world will change with god and obviously for christians this is um we feel a very good description of christ it's so yeah. appropriate for Christmas. Yeah. Well, let's move on to our what, gospel. Oh, one more ahead. thing. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I did a quick look, and, okay, I said um, Isaiah was written around 700, and therefore our psalm for today was written around 700 B.C. The oldest psalm, we, um, our best scholarship tells us, was written around 1500 B.C. Wow. Yeah. So the book of Psalms covers 800 years of literary creation. Wow. Yeah. Holy Isn't cow. That okay. At the, <laughs> at the very least, because you were, you were kind of indicating, um, like there, there's, there would be even younger Psalms than this. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, at least 800 years. Yeah, yeah. which A, is fascinating, and B, Christians especially tend to overlook that and just say, ah, oh, book of Psalms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hear one, was... you hear them all. Yeah, whoever wrote this was very pr- prolific. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, yeah. Exactly. Uh, definitely, definitely a beautiful collection uh, coming from various sor- sources, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's move on to our gospel reading for, for yes. Christmas morning. Uh, John 1, chapter 1, verse 1, first verse, <laughs> right <laughs> at the beginning, uh, 1 through 14. Uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. What has be- come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe him through believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. I'm not going to say it. Boring. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, first of all, I should say it's interesting. This is kind of like uh, this very much. It feels like uh, the style of writing for the beginning of Genesis. So it's kind of like a Genesis right? story. Uh, that part's kind of interesting. But come on, it's Christmas morning. There's we only mention John the Baptist in it, uh, uh, really, uh, and then. Uh, have he's the one involved in this uh, this origin story? I don't want to read this one. Um, uh, let's do. 
I want my nativity story. Let's uh, we're we're gonna change things up here, and we're gonna read uh, uh, Luke chapter two, verse one through fourteen, uh, and this will be. Um, you can say whatever you want on Christmas morning about that reading. Um, but uh, I want my nativity story. So this will be read uh, at one of the Christmas Eve services. Uh, Luke chapter two, verse one through 14. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus to all or that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth into Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He was went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child she, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place which the Lord has made known to us. Um, the Linus reading. Uh, yes. This is, uh, uh, did we hire Linus for uh, Christmas Eve? <laughs> oh, man, wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> At least for people of a certain generation, as we now say. Um, yes, the answer is yes, that would be awesome. Um, <laughs> well, you're uh, welcome uh, to put it on the big screen before the, the <laughs> music starts. <laughs> there you go, there you go. <laughs> Um, uh, or maybe play it afterwards. Uh, but, yeah. uh, but, uh, but yeah, this is, this is the story. This is like the, almost like the quintessential, uh, nativity story. Right. And, and, uh, yeah. how much of, how much of this though is shared between the different gospels? None. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Um, um and e what mm, it's. The nativity stories are fascinating in that they are Luke. There's this very explicit piece in Matthew. It's like, yeah. And Jesus, there's a whole bunch of stuff about um, Joseph before and after Jesus's birth. And he's sort of in the middle. There's a, Oh yeah. And Jesus was born. Um, Whereas this has, detail after detail after detail and and so it is the one we read every year we don't rotate into the matthew story and mm. mark mark doesn't have any kind of account of when jesus was young mm. um and john has the what we call the prologue which you read and found lacking um but <laughs> <laughs> and then jesus appears as an adult so this is this is the origin story of Jesus in 
um, the Gospels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I obviously love uh, this story because I, I, I shunned another one for it. Uh, but um, <laughs> well, I like picture I said, the evangelist John stamping his sandaled <laughs> foot. <laughs> We'll get. We'll still hear your thing. <laughs> it's beautifully done, uh, and it's a, it's a, it, it, it's a wonderful callback to to uh, and, and a to Genesis. Yeah, it's a Genesis. It, it it you know all credit to him. Um, and it's that gospel is the last one written, so a, a very plausible interpretation is. The author of John had begun to hear these stories of that ended up being in Luke and mm-hmm. said, okay, that's covered. I'm, I want to say what this means. That's yeah. how I want to start. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Uh, um, and then, th- but this is, and this is obviously isn't the, uh, the, the, the beginning of Luke, uh, this reading right. that, that we just read. Uh, and yet it but could it is, be. And yet, yeah, exactly. It, it very much could be. Um, but, uh, so there, there is speculation that Luke produced this, mm-hmm. and then and the then people log. said, "Well, what?" And then people started. Then during the Q and A time at the first screening, Luke was overwhelmed with the, "But how did they know this? And how did they know that?" And <laughs> thus, yeah. begat chapter one, where. Yes. Mary's visited by the angel where John the Baptist um, being born to Elizabeth is described and mm-hmm. chapter one and chapter two have connection after connection in terms of, okay, that happened to John the Baptist. Now it's happening to Jesus, but better that happened to Elizabeth. Right. And now it's happening to Mary, but better. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 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 It's Driving really home. fun. To, yeah, in in a way, kind of driving home the point that uh, 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 John was, you know, forerunner, kind of kind of rambling uh, into, <clears throat> uh, you know, he himself was not the light. He came to testify to exactly. the light. Exactly. You, know, you know, same exactly. kind of thing. Like very important person, not the most important person. <laughs> right. Um, right. Um, so, um, I, I I think it is interesting. I I don't know, and maybe it's just because I don't think about it so much. Um, the verse four does point out how many layers or how many, how many, uh, layers there are to the description. You you know, he's going, he's from the town of Nazareth, uh, in Galilee and going to the city of David called Bethlehem. It's, it's, so the, the city of David, uh, is just, is that the location of, David's reign the, 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 were all the ancestors from there or traditionally that's where is attributed that David was born and grew up okay so it it, it does beg kind of in a, in a way the question uh, why would that be was that where he was born and raised no because um, that's a really complicated you know registration request in a way yeah and we aren't sure as people in 2022, whether this really was how Israel, which was really Rome, um, did a census at that time mm-hmm. of 
people returning to their ancestral cities. It'd be like, um, you know, I'd, on my mom's side, I'd have to go to Oslo in Norway to be counted. Right. Um, my dad, who knows? <laughs> yeah. And, well, yeah, I, we certainly aren't talking, and we've talked before, it's not the largest strip of land, right? Right. But that doesn't mean that it would be super easy either. I mean, you're talking about thousands of, yeah, of thousands going of people from who, here to there. Exactly. Just and, to get registered in a weird yeah. way, um, you know, for, for modern ears and, or readers, uh, what a dumb way to, to do a yeah. census. Like, and Romans, <laughs> you know, they copy from the Greeks uh, a lot and the Greeks were, famous and still are the ancient Greeks for being very pragmatic and rational and all that stuff. So again, that's, that's why we kind of wonder, Hmm. So the question is, why would Luke put this in? Because when Luke was writing, there would still be a lot of people around going, that's not how censuses happen. Mm -hmm. And so Luke would know that and would want to be pointing something out. And that is the divinic, ancestry this made gotcha. people stop and think oh jesus is part of that royal lineage going all the way back to the greatest king we have ever known is there some thought that this section of the story then is made up just that one feature the 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 the, the part about registration yeah Got it. Interesting. Because again, as we've said before, at truth, now and then, truth is not always the facts. True. Truth is meaning, and particularly in biblical times, going back a long time, but right into the all of the time of the New Testament, as well as Hebrew Scriptures, the point was to transmit truth um, to so people would be spiritually inspired and emotionally moved. Mm -hmm. And so people really didn't expect to be reading something that we would call nonfiction and think every event re that was being described happened. Because huh. it could be the event being described is just an <clears throat> example of what the writer wants you to be aware of, wants you to feel, wants you to be inspired by. Interesting. So it's more like a, a impressionistic painting than a newspaper. Yeah, yeah. So that that's that's an interesting. Uh, I mean, we we almost live and die in, in absolutism uh, yeah. in, in the modern age, uh, and so it's it's interesting to try to put myself in a space where your part historical and part once upon a time. Exactly. Uh, and that, that would be completely acceptable because the point of the, the point of the story uh, wasn't for historical accuracy, but the point of the story for us as modern readers seemingly is for historical accuracy. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's what we hold on to. Well, and that's that's why Episcopalians getting into debates with atheists usually drive atheists nuts, 
because they'll say, well, Noah's flood never took place. And we're willing to say, true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably not. Oh, wait a minute. How can you believe the Bible if that's not true? It says, well, it's true, but it never happened. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can it, I can very easily see where that would be infuriating. Yeah, <laughs> this was just to inspire people at their Christmas dinners. <laughs> right, right. Watch the minds being blown around the table. Right. So right, right, right. yeah, so Luke's trying. Luke does a couple very, a couple things that are very important to Luke in chapter two. One is. He's tr he's saying this is part of history by mm -hmm. going by describing Emperor Augustus, um, Quirinius, the governor of Syria, that this all, Jesus happened in real time at this junction of location. This mm -hmm. isn't all taking place on a spiritual plane. However, right. Jesus is being counted among the common people in this mm -hmm. census that Jesus and Mary and Joseph were not so extraordinary that they were above the mundane events and demands of those God awful Romans. Right. Um, so, it, so it, you know, people, you know, wow, you know, even the savior had to bow down to the Romans as a baby. Right. Well, and, and, uh, <clears throat> and kind of an instilling like this, this sense of the savior came from among us. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, so, so verse four establishes his royal lineage. Um, which no verse... one's going to recognize until they start to hear these gospel stories. Right. Um, the, Verse, uh, I could see where verse five ended up le re leading into uh, the rewriting and, and doing a verse one. Uh, like, you know, went with Mary, engaged, expecting a child. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wait a minute. I thought he was divine. Okay, we're going back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, we need um, a little Gabriel, angel Gabriel action. We'll do that in chapter one. Right. Uh, and and th this, this, the point of uh, verse seven of of pointing out how uh, um, there was there was no room they were you know poor came in the most humble of circumstances yep um, is is kind of in is is interesting I wonder if that was if there was any if there were any like Isaiah or 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 prophet uh, um, um, prophecies that that he was the the author was trying to gear towards in in mentioning that um not that i'm aware of and or if it's just for humility's sake humility's uh, sake yeah um i guess i guess it's kind of juxtaposed with the royal lineage uh it might right. it might even be a, a, a specific uh specifically mentioned in order to point out like uh He's from the line that we're to expect him from, but he's not going to be a king. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Just, just to help you out with the way that this book ends. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, um, 
but yeah, and then and then we have this uh, this fun story, this Linus story. And, and there's one more one more piece oh. in seven of laying him in a manger is for many people that's the connection of the savior of all creation okay so jesus is also the savior for the barn animals and gotcha the the hay itself um that he's laying in Mm -hmm. that, that everything he's touching is now has a whole different meaning than it did 10 minutes before hmm and if we allow ourselves to sit and ponder that, again, it can really expand our our very sense of how God is present in the world. Right. Yeah, and then we have this. Um, then we have this uh, uh, short story that is <clears throat> uh, drawing in, um, you know. Uh, uh, other people that that can yeah. verify and 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 uh, um, corroborate the story uh, that uh, even though they're just, never mentioned again, <laughs> even though they're never mentioned again. Uh, um, but they were and, shepherds, and like even, King King David was a shepherd in his youth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, even then, even though you know, for the purposes of what we wrote read so far. Uh, um, we don't get to see the, 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 the tail end of the story of them actually going like, Hey, we should do this. And then we cut off. <laughs> and then I cut, I cut us, you know, uh, Hey, there's, here's, here's the, the angel of the multitude saying, saying all this, you know, that's great. What'd they do? Like, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that later. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With, with, in, in Luke, there's the open question that we can enter the story of, okay, how did the shepherds change their lives over this? And in Matthew, it's the three kings visiting the, the Magi mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we don't hear of again anywhere in either um, Christian or secular history. And so, again, the question is, what did they do? What are you doing? Right. Right. Um, anything else with the uh, this this portion of the reading? I, I suppose uh, it, it, it should be an encouragement to come on uh christmas eve and and hear it live and and figure out what it what it means to you in that moment for this year yeah changes uh, every year for a lot of us the, the other thing i'll just point out is um one of the things that happens repeatedly in well throughout the gospels is jesus getting this literally divine fanfare on his mm-hmm. entry that far exceeds anything a Roman emperor would ever be able to get. Um, Mm -hmm. But is only seen by those who are willing to seek out God. I like that. I like that. Well, with that, I think we will close this, uh, your podcast for Christmas morning, 2022 and a little bit of before then. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, 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 all shade uh, to John. Sorry about that. And <laughs> hey, we pulled we pulled him up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, please come uh, celebrate as 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 it works uh, out best for you in this uh, in this uh, seasonal time. Uh, all of these services uh, will be uh, broadcast live on our YouTube channel, HFEC Videos, uh, as well as in person. Uh, if you need any information about uh, that or any of the services, uh, please visit our website, holyfamilyfishers.org. 
And uh, until next week, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you next year. Bye-bye. Woo! Bye. <laughs> <laughs>